now, welcome back to the Drupal Easy Podcast. This is season 14, episode 5, and I am your host, Mike Anello. In today's episode, we'll be talking with Rod Martin about how to be a software trainer. Now, both Rod and I have been software trainers for more years than either of us can count. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how other folks can get more comfortable teaching software. We're going to share some of our lessons learned, maybe a a horror story or two along the way. Uh, It turned out to be a really fun conversation. Before we get to that, let me tell you a little bit about our long-form training courses here at Drupal Easy. Our beginner-focused class, Drupal Career Online, that's 12 weeks, twice a week, plus some office hours. That begins February 13th. You can learn more either at drupaleasy.com DCO, or you can register for one of our upcoming free one-hour Taste of Drupal webinars where we attempt to answer all of your questions about Drupal Career Online. We're also super excited to be debuting our newest long-form course and you know, heavy on the long. It's called Professional Module Development. It's 90 hours of curriculum over 15 weeks. Uh, there's also a light version, um, a little bit shorter. We cut out a few topics, a little bit less expensive. The full version begins on January 31st. You can check that out at drupaleasy.com PMD. Rod Martin, welcome back to the Drupal Easy podcast. How are you today? I am fantastic. Thanks for having me back, Mike. Sure, sure, sure. So today we're going to be answering the question of how to be a software trainer. And you, my friend, uh, like me, are indeed a software trainer. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong there, right? I am. (laughs) Mostly Drupal. Still do a little bit of Joomla and WordPress, but 95% Drupal now. So I want to make this like super pragmatic discussion. Right. But I do. I'm curious because I don't know if I know the answer to this, but how did you get started? Wow. So I've been teaching stuff since I finished my master's program. Uh, I've been teaching at various universities. I've taught at the master's level. Uh, So yeah, I've done teaching and training pretty much my entire career since I finished school. But about 11 years ago, Steve Burge from OS Training approached me and said, hey, would you like to do some training in open source software, specifically WordPress, Joomla, and Drupal? And I said, that sounds like fun. It it just hit at the right time. And so we attended our first DrupalCon at DrupalCon Chicago. And then we started doing the absolute beginner's guide to the uh, the days, the training day beforehand. And he brought me on staff and, you know, I've been making videos and teaching people ever since. It's been a, a lot of fun. Absolutely. So we want to talk about you know, you and I could probably just talk about you know, Drupal training and it'd be a very small group of people who'd be interested in that conversation. Right. So I was thinking that maybe we can expand that. We can expand that a little bit. Sure. And we'll talk about that stuff a little bit, but I, I think I kind of want to focus a little bit more on what it takes to, you know, deliver a good training and not necessarily like classroom style or even you know, public Zoom trainings, but maybe focus a little bit more on kind of the smaller, like maybe intercompany trainings, you know, where one person is, you know, uh, teaching two junior developers how to do something. Right. Because I think that brings a lot of value and, you know, not all developers, you know, have that skill to actually, you know, convey information. 
Well, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, maybe what, you know, the service that we could provide here over the next 25 minutes or so is, you know, some tips on how to, you know, put yourself in that role of, of having to teach someone, you know, something technical. Sounds good. Yeah. Something that, that you might have, you know, a very high comfort level with and, and, you know, want to convey and want to instill that, that level of confidence in someone else. So before we do that, I just want to mention, you know, there's a lot of different kinds of, of, of training. Training is kind of a bit of a nebulous word because I think that folks who, you know, write blog posts or books or, or other written things, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, one type of trainer. There's, there's folks, um, you know, Rod, one of the things you do is, is, is create screencasts. That's definitely mm-hmm. a different type of training. And like those types of trainings are almost like, hands off or you don't, you're not, you're not talking directly to someone. Right. You don't really know who you're talking to. You're just, you're, you're producing something and then folks are consuming that asynchronous synchronously. Correct. And then compare that of course with, you know, in-person or, or, or online trainings. And so let me ask you right off the bat, Rod, do you have a preference? Like, do you prefer to teach people face, not, well, face to face, I'm using air quotes that nobody can see, but yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. So my favorite training is in person in the classroom, you know, for as long as it takes. That's absolutely my favorite. Uh, in fact, I was just having this conversation this morning with somebody else about, you know, I think those days are done for the most part, at least in our industry, where virtual training now has taken over mostly because of COVID, but a lot because of just budgeting and, you know, bringing me in to a city costs money and then bringing everybody else to that city or even to a location now is something we just don't need to do as much anymore. So I'm not sure live training in the classroom for what we do will ever come back. It might, I don't know, but certainly I prefer, uh, my preference is always live training. I love the interaction. I love the tough questions. For me, that's, that's what I love to do. The, the asynchronous video training, I, I, I try, I try to keep track. I think I'm at around a thousand videos now between, Oof. yeah, between Acquia Academy, LinkedIn, OS training, and a bunch of other places. Uh, yeah, I've probably right around a thousand Drupal. And then I've got Joomla and WordPress on top of that. So over 10 years, it's been a lot of video training. And again, I get great feedback from that. Uh, and people seem to appreciate it. They like being able to go at their own pace. They like being able to uh, pause and rewind the tough parts. So I think there's, you know, obviously there's great value in both, but yeah, definitely. If you're asking me my favorite in a classroom with a group of people where we really get down to it, uh, that's definitely it for me. Well, I think, I, I think you can still get a little taste of that at, at community events. Abs- oh, absolutely. Uh, well, you and I were just at NEDCamp for uh, Drupal and I, I know we don't want to just focus on Drupal, but you know, being in front of a room of people and being able to present something that you've worked hard on and uh, interacting with people before and after. And uh, there's nothing like that. That's just, that's just fantastic. And as much as we've appreciated having virtual events over the last couple of years, I'm so glad that live in-person events are coming back. Yeah. There's always a nice, uh, well, I shouldn't say always, but most of the time, you know, there's energy in the room that everybody can feed off of. Really hard to do that over Zoom. Right. right. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> or whatever you're using. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and that kind of ties in. I mean, I, I think that for, you know, 
in, you know, informal kind of, and I'm going to keep using this phrase, you know, intercompany yep. type of training, you know, given the choice, if you could, you know, if you're going to do like an hour Zoom lesson or, you know, or you can do an hour of, you know, sharing a desk or, you know, looking at one laptop over a, over, over a cup of coffee or something. I think just the ability to be in, in physical proximity with someone kind of brings a bit more accountability to both people. Absolutely. You know, again, I, I've, I've said this a few times. There's the Zoom will never replace the room. And being in the room with somebody uh, allows you for, like you said, accountability, a relationship, a much better relationship. Although, again, you can do that over time, you know, meeting with people on camera and things like that. And it's, it's still pretty good. But there's nothing like looking over a laptop or sitting down with somebody so you can read their body language, read their facial expressions in real time. Uh, not have to look over to the side to see their camera if they're actually paying attention or not. But, uh, but you know, again, as much as I miss that and I'm as much as I think it's superior, we're very fortunate to live in a day when we have something like Zoom. So we can keep helping people grow and learn. And, uh, and even if it is just a one-on-two or a one-on-three training for an hour, it, we're, we're blessed to have that technology for sure. Yeah, I think that's that's probably you know something that that we very much agree on. That given the choice, given the opportunity, yeah. preference in person, you know, yeah, in, in person training if if you have that option. I mean, I think that it it definitely brings something that is not easily described or 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 super tangible, you know, to the table. But I think it does it does add a lot of value there. Yeah. All right. So that's kind of, uh, that's something that is dependent on, you know, the, the situation, right. That the, yes. the location, things like that, but let's, let's focus on the person actually doing the training. So I asked you this in, in our little rundown. So, um, I'm curious to, to hear your answers here. So yeah. top three skills that you think <laughs> a software trainer should have. Well, this, this may sound weird or strange, but I think for me, if you're going to teach, you need to be a teacher. I know a lot of amazing, amazing developers who can't explain themselves mm -hmm. f for their lives. They're just not built that way. So I don't like that so, answer. You know why I don't like that answer? Why don't you like that answer? Because <laughs> I feel like you're asking, you're, you're not really answering the question. You're just restating the question. Because now I get to say, what makes a good teacher or what? what gives someone the ability to teach, which is really Fair the enough. question I just asked. So Rod, I, sure. that one does not count. You get zero. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think, all right, then let me start, let me start with a different one. And, and it's one you and I both share. Um, I think a good software trainer needs patience. Sure. Um, yes. And, and that's a, that's kind of a no brainer. And, and it, again, it goes is back it a no -brainer, to brainer though. Is it? Well, <laughs> I, I think it is because, again, you and I have both been in enough situations where we have students who either aren't getting it and you think they should, or they're just not focused enough. And it's, you know, and a little peek behind the curtain, you're just sitting there going, yeah. why isn't this person at least paying attention? Uh, you know, they're paying for it. But, you know, it comes down to you are the person that sets the tone of the room, whether again, it's in Zoom or in the room. And so as a trainer, the idea of having patience and, and, and uh, 
you you put up empathy as well, and I think that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the ability to manage the room and and be patient with the outcome because people are, you know, some people really struggle with this stuff, and some people get it. And you know, we both we've both had students in the same boat. So patience and um, is a big one. So, what do you think the enemy of of, of patience and empathy is when it in the? Oh wow, uh, your own expectations of getting through the material and expecting people to catch on as fast as you expect them to. It's it boils down to your attitude as a trainer that you bring to the table, and you've got to always remember that even if you know person A is seemingly just not getting it or not thinking or not paying attention. You don't know their situation. You don't know their background. You don't know what happened this morning. They might've, their dog might've died there. They might've had a, an argument with their, with their spouse or their significant other. And, and, you know, all of this plays into their approach to training. And as a trainer, then you set the expectations you guide the class and you try and bring people along no matter what's going on uh, in their lives at the time or even in their environments at the time and and try to bring everybody along together. And that does, that requires patience. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I When I think about this, I mean, everything you said I'm on board with, but I think of it more of like the time constraint. Mm, okay. Is the, and is the, is for me, the big enemy of patience. Yes. Because if, yes. Right, right. If, if you are sitting down with a coworker and you need to teach them how to build a user migration, for example, and you put it in your calendar for 2 to 3 p.m. And it gets to be 2.45 p.m. and you still have a lot to go. <laughs> you know, yeah. You're going to sacrifice patience for material. Exactly. And the results are, are probably not going to be great. So I think that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned in however many years that I've been teaching is to do everything I can in my power to not necessarily have that drop dead time constraint. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Which is not good. You know, we were talking before we started recording, like if you're paid to go to fly to a city and train some team and they've given you X number of hours on these days of the week. And the, you know, training has to end at 5 PM on a Thursday, but you also have to cover, you know, this list of material. Mm -hmm. That's, you know. Oh, and I face that. Absolutely face that all the time. It's a horrible situation. Yeah. Yeah. It it can be a, it can be a rough one. Um, In fact, I had that not too long ago where there was definitely a person in the room that was really, really struggling on the fourth and fifth day of the training. And it was obvious and we were waiting for them on every exercise. And so I dealt with it. I mean, I, I spoke with the person privately and, and set expectations for the rest of the training. And I said, how can I best help you? And we talked off, you know, off, off the rest of the training. And uh, so we worked out a plan where he'd be able to follow along and, and I would make sure at the end of the day to spend extra time and just make sure, you know, he was okay with what we'd covered, even though he may not have been able to finish all the tasks. And that way, at least the rest of the team was able to complete the training. He felt pretty good about it. Uh, and, and, you know, it's like you said, when, when you're the trainer, giving that extra amount of time or that extra amount of attention is always number one, good. 
And number two, it's not a big deal for you because it's just a few extra minutes at the end of the day. And so, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, that That's a good point. What I normally do is I will, in those situations where it's a private training um, with a group of people, I will ask the client, you know, my main contact with the client, who in the room should dictate the pace? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And like specifically, like, yeah, which person? <laughs> yeah. I, I do that pretty much every time as well. It, yeah. it takes all the onus off you. Right. But uh, at the same time, sometimes they're just not willing to confront the elephant in the room well, either. Yeah. So it <laughs> that, can be tough. That's a whole other, that's a, that's more of a management <laughs> situation. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other, any, any other skills yeah. you want to mention? So I, I think a, a trainer needs to go in with the appropriate level mindset. Um, so I, I, t so I do a lot of beginner training. Uh, this might be their very first exposure to the software, uh, to even the concepts that we're, that we're hitting. So I remind myself before I go into training every single day, begin with a beginner mindset, you know, keep the beginner mindset. Don't go off and start using jargon. I haven't explained. Don't, um, uh, say, oh, this is simple when for somebody in the room, it may not be. Um, so I really, that's just one of my little things. I, I often will remind myself, just make sure you're at the appropriate level mindset, whatever that level is, whether it's intermediate, advanced or whatever, don't treat them like they're beginners if they're not, and don't treat them like they're advanced if they're not. So yeah, for me, that's a, I just, that's a constant reminder. How about, um, challenges? Like what are the, yeah. what are the most common challenges that you face, you know, when yeah, you're trying so to teach someone a, a new technical skill? You know, interesting. It it's the technology uh, is one of my challenges. It's, that's which so is kind of I've, counterintuitive. <laughs> I know, isn't it? It's funny, right? So now that we're not in the room and we're on things like Zoom, um, I've had the internet fail in my building here in town. Uh, so I I literally hooked my computer up to my phone and did the rest of the training over cellular. People's technology is far bigger. Like I've I've put together a pretty neat technology stack to do the training that I do, but other people who are coming to the training, uh, their technology might not be up to speed. Um, so it's that is one of the frustrations, again, when you're not in the room and you you can't walk over to somebody's computer and fix it really quickly. Uh, it's It's been fascinating. So I have actually, in the last couple of years, uh, I've always built in time just to make sure everybody's tech is doing okay at the beginning of every day and has paid off because we can, we can literally just take care of some of that stuff. But that is that to me, that's one of the funny challenges right now. Yeah. I think not um, even at the beginning of the day, it's such a big focus for us in, yeah. well, us, I'm speaking about Drupal easy, especially in, in our, in our beginner class, you right. know, the, the two or three weeks leading up to the class, yeah, I spend yeah. a lot of time just making sure everyone's everyone has the right software installed and everything's running at the appropriate performance level because nothing puts the brakes on whether it's a one-on-one -on -one training or a group training or, you know, something at, at a Drupal event, then, you know, 15 minutes in someone's site, you know, just doesn't work or, yeah. or you know, that's. Or even, even as simple as, you know, we, I do a lot of federal government training because Drupal of course is oh, big yeah. in the federal government space. To, I know where you're going with this one. Oh, my stars, their computers are so locked down. Right. You know, and they can't even go to Google. <laughs> right. So, 
You know, those things that we would typically take as easy and normal, their constraints based on their own department policies can really get in the way as well. So, yeah. so that's, that's definitely one of my challenges. Um, the other one I, that I wrote down, and, and this is, I think this is true of all trainers, just staying current. I train probably two weeks out of every month. So for 40 hours a week, can you, uh, 40 hours on a zoom call? I mean, I can't even believe people. I don't know how you do that. that. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it's, you know, I, I've just gotten used to it now, but cause I, I know your training method or uh, style or schedule is very different than mine. I do sure. one week chunks, right? And you yeah. do the 12 week course yeah. and the, what a, what an amazing schedule you've got. But that one week training is, is, uh, is definitely a challenge 40 hours on zoom. So I think just as much as teaching as I'm doing, uh, just staying current, you know, Drupal 10, again, using the Drupal example, Drupal 10 launches in a couple, in a couple of weeks yep. uh, at the time of this recording. And, you know, there's, there's a significant amount of change in there. And so updating materials, making sure you know all of the stuff and every trainer goes through that, no matter what they're teaching, every trainer goes through, unless you're teaching the same thing for the last 20 years, which hopefully you're not, because man, that would be tough. But yeah, I think staying current and making sure you're current. Now on, on the other side of that, one of the most fun things for me in training is where I get asked questions I don't know the answers to, which happens every week. You know, right. they'll, people ask crazy questions and, and I, it, and I'm sure you're the same way. You, you use that as a learning opportunity where you go and research the question right in front of them and come up with the answer. And that's a lot of fun. Uh, and then I, of course I jot it down for the next time, like, like you do, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, I, I think top challenges as far as being a trainer, um, I, I think honestly, those, those are mine. I, I think for any trainer, you've got to keep up, you got to watch your tech. And again, I think goes back to what I said was one of the most important things, uh, keeping that appropriate level mindset, um, constantly watching that you're not, you know, just throwing out the jargon or, or boring people to death because, because it's so beginner and you should have checked their, you know, expertise before you started type thing. So, right. And, yeah. you know, I don't think for, at least for me, not very surprisingly, both, both things that you mentioned, uh, I could boil down to one word, uh, which is preparation. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, I think, again, if you are, you know, if you're sitting down with a couple of coworkers and you're getting them up to speed on using views, contextual filters, you know, even if you are, you know, a views master and, you know, you can, you know, you know, views, contextual filters inside and out, I, I think to effectively, you know, teach that there's some preparation that that's necessary. I think, you know, just coming up with some, some good examples or maybe like a, a good, like little mini exercise. Right. You know, making sure that, that, that the people you're going to be teaching have like a clean local site or a clean personal site somewhere that they can, that they can play with so that you don't sit down at the top of the hour and say, okay, we're going to use views, contextual filters. And then one of the students is like, Oh, give me a minute. Let me get a site up and going. And exactly. And then you're 10 oh, absolutely. immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a fantastic point and, and absolutely got to be top of the list. Yeah. Preparation and just put the time in before and the, and, and, and the result will be, will be that much better. And again, it doesn't matter if, if you're you Rod and you're, you know, teaching a room full of people, you know, for 40 hours a week, or if, you know, you've been asked by your boss to teach a coworker how to, you know, you know, get gulp up and running on their machine. 
Exactly. Yep. Yeah, we agree on that one. <laughs> so we've touched on a lot of these already, but let's, you know, forget about all the work that the trainer has to do. Let's put the onus on the student for a little bit. Sure. If you're going to attend a training or you're going to be part of a training or you're going to be the recipient of some knowledge in some way, what, you know, what can students do to kind of prepare themselves to maximize, you know, their, their, their intake of the material? Yeah. So I thought this was a great question and, and actually we've already hit on most of my answers. I think we have. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So uh, one of the things I hear really often in training uh, is that, oh, hey, I've seen all your YouTube videos or I watched this course on LinkedIn and and I start I'm starting to get that. It's kind of funny. It's embarrassing. I, I start to blush every time. But because but people who come prepared by watching related material or trying to digest some related material come into training with a far better hope of having their expectations met and having their learning goals accomplished. Um, now it's not always necessary, obviously, mm. you know, like you said, if you're sitting down with a coworker teaching, teaching something in Drupal, it's not always necessary that they come in and have watched 20 videos and read 10 articles, <laughs> but certainly, certainly come in with that. Uh, if possible, have some homework done ahead of time. And that's partly on the trainer to provide that homework if that's necessary as well. I think the biggest thing I face again with, with my training is calendar and distractions because we're on zoom. I know people are tuning out. I know people are checking their email. I think as a, as a person who's receiving training, try and minimize the distractions, try and block out the calendar. I know it's not always possible, but make sure you're coming into the training with as much distraction free and environment as possible because we're not in a room together as much anymore. Um, unless again, you're sitting down with a coworker at the same desk, but even then people stopping by or, you know, uh, you've got your email client open and your chat client open. I did a training a little while ago where during one of the share screens where we were trying to help the person, uh, help the person, you know, through an issue, 15 notifications from their chat message popped up (laughs) while I'm, while I'm looking at their share screen. And it's like, so how focused are you, right? So as much as possible, clear your calendar, turn off your distractions, whatever they may be, yep. and and really pay attention to the training. You're going to get more out of it for sure. Uh, there are those lulls. Of course, there are those lulls where you know maybe you've accomplished a task and we're waiting on a few other people to finish it. And certainly you could you know quickly zip off and check your email if that was you know something you needed to do. But to leave it open all the time, uh, that's going to be a training killer. Yeah. Uh, another one I wrote down was sleep, um, you know, which for software developers, that's, you know, that's, that's a mixed bag for sure. Uh, <laughs> especially, you know, if you're in a company and, oh, again, I had a training a little while ago where they were launching a website in the middle of training. Guys, come on. Yeah. You're, how on earth can you, uh, can you not be distracted by that or not get enough sleep? Where do you think the priority is going to be? Yeah, exactly. Right. So, uh, and again, to get your own tech in order, pay attention to the instructions head out, sent out ahead of time, make sure you're prepared when you come in and actually give some thought to the mindset you bring to the training. I think sometimes people come into training and they go and they haven't thought about it at all until they sit down and either walk in the room or uh, open up their computer that morning. And the more you can 
come with an open mindset, a prepared mindset, um, the more you're going to get out of it for sure. So I think, you know, yeah, those would be my top five or six things to, to try and be prepared. All right, cool. Let's, um, let's start wrapping this up a little bit with some hopefully, uh, fun questions here. So like, what's your, in, in all of your years of, 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 let's, let's, has it always been software training when you were, uh, when you first started, was it software related? Over the last 10 years, it's all been software. So, uh, although I've been teaching at, you know, different universities, I do, uh, I taught, uh, technology and education to, uh, people who are going to be elementary school teachers. Um, I've taught at theological institutions cause that's what some of my degrees are in. Um, I've taught at, uh, yeah, uh, introduction to speech, you know, speech one hundred and one kind of classes. So I've I've always taught at the college or master's level since I graduated, um, but but in the last ten years, all of the training like we're talking about has been software related, primarily WordPress, Joomla, and Drupal. So so what's and an, Modic. What's an anecdote that you like share at a dinner party when someone asks you about like what you do and is it fulfilling and does it make you happy? Like what's kind of your go-to little story that you share? Well, it's kind of like, so if this was a, at a dinner party, I would say something along the lines of, I just love it when the lights go on above people's heads for something that they're interested in or need. But a more specific story that I would probably share uh, with a smaller group or one-on-one with somebody would be, there've been a few times like this, but one in particular where I got a follow-up email after a class where the guy said, you just have no idea how much your training this week impacted me. It's changed my life. And I went, what? <laughs> Dude, it's, it's software training. He said, no, you don't understand. My job was on the line. Uh, I'm, I'm at a crossroads. And this week literally has saved not only my job, but I feel like it's given me a new direction. And, and I think, you know, trainers who teach almost in any area probably have stories like that where somebody came along and they desperately needed you and you know it's just such a it's such a fulfilling blessing to to have that opportunity in people's lives you don't always hear those kind of stories but when you do and when this person came back to me after the training and and uh, he, he was just so genuine it was yeah it was very encouraging um and, and i get stories you get stories like that every once in a while, and people are complimentary of the things you've put out there. I did a, I did a Acquia Engage for uh, Acquia in Miami a few weeks, a couple months ago, and one of the ladies in the class was saying something along those lines. Just, oh, I've watched all your videos. It's so cool to meet you, and I'm blushing the whole time. <laughs> and uh, I really, I do. I don't do well with that at all. I really don't. All right, let me bring so it I, back down to uh, to reality here, Rod. And uh, okay, worst anecdote. The worst. Yeah. Okay. So I was doing a Joomla. And I'll make this quick because I know we need to wrap up. I was doing an in-person training in Washington, D.C. And a lady started screaming at me 15 minutes in. And I'm going, like, literally, she was crying, hysterical, screaming at me going, why aren't you teaching me what I came to learn? This is 15 minutes in, for <laughs> heaven's sakes. So it turns out she was she was just not prepared. She barely knew what HTML was. She barely knew what a browser was. And she thought she was going to come in and be able to build a website by the end of the day and uh, completely unrealistic expectations. Right. So I took her out of the room and we chatted for a few minutes and I gave the, everybody else a quick assignment. And I said, come back at four. I'm going to give you some basics 
I'm going to give you your money back because it was probably $2,000 she put into it. Uh, I'm going to give you your money back. Um, and, and I'm, I'm going to just spend as much time as you want this afternoon. I'm going to tell you the basics. So she stopped crying and like everybody in the room was like shocked and you know, <laughs> it was just one of those, right? She came back. Uh, and fortunately, you know what, we were able to work it through and help her out. And we became friends for years. This is probably going back about six or seven years ago now. And, uh, but yeah, wow. I will throw you for the day though. For sure. It's it like, whoo, wow. What do I do? <laughs> I don't that was a I, tough one. I haven't had anything that acute. Oh, it was, it was dramatic. Yeah. Like I've never seen anything That's like something. it. She wow. was just so, so gone, yeah. but sweet lady. She yeah. was just in over her head. So, <laughs> you know, again, I'm not crazy about that because it started off horribly, but you know, you ended it very nicely, which, you know, well, I, tr- I try. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just don't have any horrendous, horrific yeah. stories. You know, it, <laughs> It goes back to, you know, experience and, and being right. willing to help. And I think most trainers are like that. Uh, I mean, I've had fire drills where two people didn't come back in Washington, again, in Washington, D.C. It must be in D.C. thing. We had a fire drill at 10 a.m. and two women from Arkansas didn't even come back. Well, All right. well, they'd had enough of you. They were looking for a reason uh, to get out. Well, their computers were still in the room. They went shopping at Macy's next door. Yeah. So I had to go get them. Oh <laughs> yeah. Too funny. Anyway. All right, let's wrap this up. I got one final question for you. You ready? Yes, sir. Um, as far as you know, are there enough people in the Drupal community like you that play hockey, ice hockey, that for us to field a squad? Do you know for us to field six people? For us to field what? Sorry, what was that last part? Field a team. Well, not field. To, to... Oh, feel, oh, oh, put together a team. Yeah. You know what? I honestly don't know. I do play ice hockey twice a week. I had two games you know last others? night. Because I, I know of two or three, including you. Okay. I know on my profile picture at, Dr- at Drupal.org, I'm in my Drupal 8 hockey jersey that I won at DrupalCon LA. That's my profile picture. Oh, all right. Yeah, for sure. I don't know, but boy, that would be fun. Drupal Hockey League. I'm guessing like the folks at uh, Digital Echidna. Uh, they probably have a few, right? Because that's where the yeah they probably would from. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. They, it it did. Right. I would imagine they have a few up there. I know. Uh, I I don't know if I I'm not going to say his name, but I know someone uh, um, from south, the Southwest U.S. who plays okay. hockey as well. Well, um, I I know we're going to Pittsburgh in 2023. We could probably rent the rink and go at least go ice skating. Well, we need a goalie. We got to find a goalie. I think for the team. <laughs> well, I, I don't play first of all. I'll just be in the stands like, you know. Yeah. Well, hey, at least, you know, maybe not hockey, but maybe we just go ice skating, you yeah, know. Something. I could yeah. I could help with that. <laughs> <laughs> All fun. right. Well, thank you very much for your time, sir. Much oh, appreciated. Thank you. This has been fun. Always yeah, lovely to with you. All right. Thanks, Mike. <laughs>